Greetings, everyone. This is the Hipster Snack. Today, joined by some of my Tomo Bros. The first being Mr. Clockwork Fiction. Good luck. I'm behind 800 firewalls. Seems legit. And also, this week, we have the rare and elusive species known as the Cog. What's up, everybody? Yes, glad to have him back. And of course, our good friend, Mr. Ditaku. I'm the guest star that just won't stop showing up. <laughs> You're that guy in every sitcom ever that just keeps barging into the back door in the laugh track queuing. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's start with this week's nerd news, is what I'm tentatively calling this little intro segment. Uh, who would like to go first? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Sure. Fire Stick continues to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> cool. Unfortunately, cool. that's all I've been playing this entire uh, this entire time. It's uh, unfortunately gotten a bit uh, a bit obsessive. I might have to take a look into that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I I am not one to cast judgment for other people's obsessions. I have plenty of my own. But it just goes to show, uh, especially with the ravings and reviews it's been getting, uh, that it is a it is a good Street Fighter. It is a it is a welcome repeat from the from the other one, the, the Street mm-hmm. Fighter Five that had a very very lukewarm launch. I'm sorry. All, all I hear from Street Fighter Six is that it's now just Capcom throwing up their hands and making a Yakuza game. Because <laughs> the World Tour mode is the best part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, basically. Basically. All right. Is that all we got? I mean, I've been playing a lot of uh, Star Trek Online. That's cool. And I want to say there's a new update coming out for that, which is neat. So, no, that's good. Liking older games is a sign of excellent taste. In fact, I, I. I have a niece. I see my sister as a child, and I promised that I would introduce her to black and white movies and old video games because I know my sister is not up to the task. Mm. So let me guess. You're going to be like, okay, there, little baby, baby. You are now going to watch 1954 Godzilla. That's right. Oh, geez. You need to start at the first, and we're going to go straight on through till. You know, we're done and we're not stopping. Oh, man. All right. So, if we've cleared the nerd news off, let's talk about writing conventions that Snack has very complicated feelings on. But we need to define our terms. So, today, if, if you've read the title of today's video, you know already that we're talking about the multiverse. Now, let me be clear. I do not mean that the the multiverse is bad in the sense of having a huge, epic, sprawling cosmology with planets and stuff everywhere. That's that's not what we mean. What I mean is... did, Did you guys know everyone is Batman? Yes. Everyone in the multiverse is Batman, and the multiverse is Batman all the way down. Just it's it's just and more and more and more Batman. We should also probably point out that he does not actually refer to the uh, Warner Brothers Smash Brothers clone either. 
just, you know, because I'm sure there's going to be somebody cheeky in the comments. It's going to be, oh, yeah, multiverse. I love that game. <laughs> no, no, not God of Destruction, Shaggy, multiverses. Uh, multiverses in the sense of multiple multiverses, which seems to be the direction that modern Marvel movies are going in. Like, I saw the most recent Doctor Strange and Ant-Man films, and they seem to be going on a multiverses on top of multiverses gambit, which I... Can't say I'm a fan of. Like, well, you're. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I, I was just going to continue clarifying. I mean, go ahead. I was just going to say uh, to play devil's advocate for the multiverses, and I see what Marvel's doing. I see what they're kind of doing with Kang, um, but honestly, it's if you just watch Jet Li's The One, it's basically what Kang's trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> except they're, except Marvel's going to do it so movie. much worse. Except they're going to do it so much worse. Yeah, so Jet Li's The One was an awesome action martial arts movie. I have not uh, seen it. I, with, I feel like I must watch it now. And when we're yeah, finished Jet here Lee, today. It's literally Jet Li. Is, it's, it's like Highlander multiverse. Jet Li is a literally a multiversal agent that like loses his mind. And he decides that he's going to go around to other universes and murder himself in every universe, because as he kills himself in every universe, he gets stronger and stronger and stronger up until there's only two versions of him left that exist at all. And it comes down to the two of them beating the living crap out of each other. And it becomes this good versus evil, you know, the, the good self versus the evil self type story. So. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just martial arts, multiverse Highlander, basically. Seems fair. Which seems to be somewhat what they're doing What they've already described with Kang is that, you know, as another Kang dies, he's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. That's all I'm saying it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, uh, an original idea. Um, but if you want to see it done, uh, in a fun, quick you know, competent, honestly, a com <laughs> yeah, it's only like an hour, half long movie from start to finish. And it's just a fun action movie. Like, I, I don't know what else to say that it's literally like an hour and a half. Like the, the idea can we're be now done. dragging what, what we're doing now with Kang is dragging this out for like multiple series, multiple shows, multiple versions multiple films and we're just they're, they're like we're gonna build it up build it up build it up you know and it's like uh you you could you could see it basically his entire his entire story arc almost i, I imagine at this point in, in in one movie if you really wanted to yeah now here's the thing multiverses are a lot like time travel it can be done well but it takes a lot of skill to pull off because it's one of those things that's super easy to mess up. One of my big problems with, uh, at least when it comes to the to multiverses in certain ways, is that since they have done, Marvel and DC have done so much when it comes to like doing shows over and over and over again, there's no gravity to death anymore, in a sense. It's like, okay, a character dies. Now we just wait for the next one. Yeah, be back. It'll get, it'll get rebooted <laughs> and they'll be back again. 
and nothing and will like, not have and nothing will have ever evolved. Kind of the, more of the problem with just uh, the the way that modern comics treat their characters now, and that you know it's just a matter of oh well, guys, you gotta you gotta watch the you gotta read the next comic issue because it's the death of the Joker. Uh, but it turns out that it's actually just uh, a, a guy from you know the nega dimension where you know it's the opposite of everyone. It was so he was just everyone's a Joker there, and the only the actual Joker is the only sane person. And so then there's the Joker Batman and the Joker Wonder Woman and the Joker Joker who's yeah, basically See, that's you wanna know the worst of it? <clears throat> I know. You're being facetious and trying to to take it to an extreme that DC would never be so incompetent as to go. They've already done all that. I, I know they have. And the worst part, there's the been, a, there's, been a, there's oh, go ahead. There's been there's been a, there's been a couple of those already. It's just like when when Punisher, uh, when Punisher uh, uh, beat the Justice League or something like that. Like he like all of a sudden the Punisher is so strong that he can go toe to toe with Superman and better. I'm getting my get my comics. The yeah, Punisher would not probably thinking of Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Yeah, that. Yeah. And also, there's like there's also some Punisher comic that does it too, if I remember correctly. Yes, there is. He wouldn't be fighting <laughs> Superman though. That's uh, Superman's DC and Punisher is Marvel. I mean, that would be really cool. Oh, am I getting? I got it mixed up. Yes, I did. Get that would be really cool. But yeah, that that's not going to happen. And there um, has been a Marvel versus DC comic a long time. Yeah, ago, the Amalgam so. universe the one is actually one. pretty interesting, though short lived. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I, I've never really had problems with that kind of stuff. like a uh, quirky multiverse stuff where it's just like it's got all the all care all characters now just like like a, a zombie. What was it? The zombie outbreak breaks out now. Everyone's just turning into zo- uh, mindless zombies. I, I need you to be more specific because you have no idea how little that narrows it down. How many times have they done a zombie? Uh, there's been at least two major, and just in Marvel and DC alone, not counting. Like The Walking Dead, which started as a comic. Uh, in Marvel, there's been at least two major done two, two major storylines doing exactly that concept and several smaller ones that tie in. In DC, there's been at least three that I can think of, if you count Blackest Night as a zombie movie, which that's debatable. Uh, but, I don't know. Like, Honestly, I think that Blackest Night is probably the, the one version of zombies that actually is kind of threatening. Because I, I don't know why people think oh you know revived corpses is going to be threatening they're revived corpses they're falling apart they are not going to continue being a threat now magically evil resurrected wraiths which exist you know because they are powered by the void and seek to consume all life that is threatening that that's true that that is quite different but like here's our problem which comics are we talking about when we even say this? It's hard to even quantify because they do it all the time. They are obsessed with multiverses. And DC like tried to put a lid on it like a long time ago by saying, oh, there's 52 separate universes. Well, writers just got around that by calling them Elseworld stories. And it's like, oh, well, it just, it, it's just its own little thing. You know, it doesn't matter which of the 52 it is. And then they came up with the dark multiverse, which is negative numbered 52. It's just, it, the problem continues to compound 
because this actually kind of ties back into a snake talk I did a long time ago uh, about how singularity of authorship is the reason why manga will destroy the Western comic market unless they greatly change their strategy. Because if I want to, to know the story of One Piece, let's use One Piece as an example. It's popular. It's a long runner. I can start at volume one. And if I have a lot of spare time, I can read all the way up to today. And it tells one cohesive story and status quo changes and updates as the story needs to and stuff like that. Mm, uh, let's, uh, so to play devil's advocate there, just because so it's singular authorship is, doesn't mean singular authorship doesn't have its own issues. Oh, no, it certainly does. Especially if you're using, you know, like, uh, if especially using that kind of example where it's basically just the same story over and over and over again and it's I mean, that's a fault of the genre for sure but that, that's genre convention now more of the point i'm trying to make is hey guys i have this copy of spider-man issue number 11 and the immediate question is well which one what, what on earth are you talking about like do you mean like Stan Lee's <laughs> Spider-Man number yeah, well, 11? I, I admit it, it is a thing in Western comics where it falls more on like whose run it is. But I mean, we talk about singular authorship too. It's like, I mean, even in Western comics, it's like uh, they will keep an author on a book for years. If Certainly. Successful at it. And so you will have long runs of 50, <laughs> like seriously long story arcs. Some of them, which do come to conclusions or, you know, in certain situations might lead into like their big events. That's when sometimes they ruin them. But there are full runs of of stories for characters where they, they track them for years at a time. Yeah, definitely. I, I get what you mean. Like Jeff Johns run so on Green there, Lantern. There is, exactly. Yeah, there it is, is like my favorite singular authorship element. But what you're saying, I, I get what you're saying as well, where it's like because of the corporate element of it. Where manga, when the it, it, unfortunately one of the other downfalls of singular authorship we got to feel with Berserk is it's never going to be finished. No one's ever. I mean, the story's never going on. But honestly, that's probably kind of a good thing if you think about it. Because <laughs> if some other guy just picked up Berserk and it, you know, starts doing his own, you know, can, trying to continue the story, which is honestly still going to probably happen anyway. But I mean, they, they've it, all but they've all but confirmed it. They they actually yeah. uh, he's had uh, Mira, uh, Kentaro Mira, the author, uh, actually has several students, and basically they've already confirmed that. Look, we already have the outline for the way he wanted to continue the story. We have been studying under him. He basically assumed that he was not going to survive to the end of the series, so we were just going to continue it off of his outline which i mean can go one of two ways it can either yeah. be awesome which is kind of what i saw with the uh ironically the scrooge mcduck comics because like the original author uh stepped away i want to say in the 50s and then there was a period from the 50s to the 70s which is considered really really good or it can be like the uh the dune books which are awful they are not good the opposite of good i love the dune series but the brian herbert books are absolutely awful and that's fair and, and 
the, 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 no, so I guess getting the, hmm? sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, was, it kind of follows up with the point I, I guess I was trying to make where is it's more about at the end of the day, it comes down to the skill of the writer and just the execution of it. Oh, no, there's definitely a lot of that involved. Like, like I said, like yeah. the, the multiverse as a tool can work. Like you said, Jet Li is the one. Apparently, it sounds like a really cool movie. I really want to watch it now, now that you've talked about it. Well, uh, I, I really enjoy it. I recall, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it for a while. I, I mean, it's 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 pretty concise movie. It's basically Highlander multiverse. And the thing, it, it, it skates around the issues with having multiverse characters so that's the that's where i feel like the problem is when with you see a lot of multiverse stories now the whole reason they're doing these multiverse stories is so that they can just throw everything at the wall and there has to be a copy of every character every variation of every character to appease all all and everyone right and the problem with that is you lose track of well if that's the case who's the actual lead who's supposed to be the main character here right um because uh it gets muddled to the point that it's like oh well i like this one and i like that one and then you obviously you have to have your main protagonist be the important one in the yeah. series i mean well that's where uh, the one the one kind of sidesteps it because it gets to the point that it's like oh uh, we, i've killed literally all the other multiverse versions of me and only there's only two of us left. So now Highlander battle. <laughs> Which is probably the most concise way of telling that kind of story. Uh, going back to my earlier reference to Dr. Strange in the multiverse of mediocrity. Uh, holy crap. That movie was so bad. <laughs> Absolutely that was bad on a whole bunch terrible. of other levels too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was bad. Not even down. Dr. Strange. Movie. Hey, don't you want to go to the memory store so we can have some exposition? I mean, is you know, never mind. Like actually talking about, like, hey, this is where I come from. No, we need to go to the memory store. W wow. Yeah. On top of forcibly introducing characters, you know, a character that honestly, who the crap? Nobody, even in the comic books, like none of America Chavez. Like, why introduce America Chavez? Uh, because her comics don't sell. Nobody that follows the comic books likes her. Uh, it, you know, it's like, other than it being, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, like this must be mandated by Disney. So therefore it must be done. Uh, like it, it, she's one of the characters is useless. She's one of the characters alongside Kamala Khan that is, and, uh, new captain Marvel. Yeah. The reason why she's there is because she's one of the, the one, the characters that they, the Marvel's like, Hey, don't you want to play don't you want to read our new character don't you think they're awesome no they're 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 really no. dumb no 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 see here's the problem you you like this character no i i really don't i actually liked carol danvers when she was miss marvel no no see you're gonna like captain marvel and and you know miss marvel now yeah that, that's what's gonna happen and and oh and squirrel girl you like squirrel girl i liked her when she was a bit character yeah no 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 she's gonna get her own series but yeah. that kind of ruins her entire joke <laughs> joke what are you talking about she's just super awesome and wacky no she really wasn't but 
But it's okay, because we can always rationalize it away. It's a multiverse story, and this happens in World 4 2069. And so we can do anything we want. Yeah, it gets worse than that, because they just honestly, looking at the hiring practices that DC and Marvel has been doing in the last several years, it's just been like... They have not been hiring fiction writers. Most of them are just political pundits or like uh, influencer. Political pundits with with very big (laughs) air quotes. Yes. In terms of like just people that don't write. I'm sorry. Ta-Nehisi Coates cannot write fiction. He's not a fiction writer. Why did you hire him to write Black Panther other than the fact that he was a best-selling, oh, he's a best-selling writer. Yeah, but he's a best-selling writer on his hard leftist social social issues. Yeah, like, basically. Like, like, what else? Like, why are you hiring him to write a, a fiction story? Yeah, because because it's like, oh, we got to get authors that have a, a strong base. And then he gets in there and everybody like starts hating it. And it's like, what is what is the point? What was the point of this? He can't. He doesn't write fiction, and they do that. They've been doing that across the board. They have so many writers. Uh, there's a just a bunch of writers at DC and Marvel now that are are just horrible. You have Jeff, and then you have the the, the ones that were good are like moving along to other books, or they're going independent. See, the problem is, is that Marvel and DC are afraid to actually like give snack and myself actual editorial shit because they're afraid that people might actually like the books again yeah instead of just saying uh marco you get uh what's her what's her name marco tamaki you know like oh i'm gonna do a self-insert about how i'm you know starfire's overweight grumpy completely unlikable uh goth daughter like why who's what is the point of this you know it's it's things like that that make some uh many people postulate that there's money laundering going on i Um, I one of the other things i want to point out is that i've i've seen you've seen a lot of other media as well it's kind of like uh not because because it was more recent and i actually haven't seen the movie yet i really need to too, so someone could tell me if it was a good performance or not. It was like when they cast Chris Pratt as Mario, and I was just kind of like, "Well, does he do a good Mario?" I mean, I'd say we yes. have a, we have, a, we have and I'm, I'm saying that he, if he says yes, that's that's fine. But in the beginning, when there was nothing to show for it, and I feel like there's a lot of like eyes going, "Is this a just a a star bit, or is this like because like?" Oh. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. If people, the people who are like, "Oh man, I really want," you know, the 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 OG Mario voice is like, "No, you would not want him for an hour and a half. That would be the most aggravating film." Chris Pratt actually did a good job. I think that that Snack had the right of it. Everyone in that film did a really good job, except for Seth Rogen. But I mean, it's Seth Rogen. What? Well, what do you really <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, he he does he does a really good Seth Rogen. The problem is, is Seth Rogen is not that funny. Yeah, I honestly don't know why he ever became a thing. Um, 
getting back to kind of the the, the main point at, at hand, I, I kind of felt called out initially, Professor, when you asked to do this because oh, um, right. a lot of my writing revolves around multiverses. Um, yeah, but there's but not I, like a million billion copies of the same character in every single universe to the point where they it's watered down their own identity. Is was that's kind of what I failed to clarify. Yeah, and I suppose I mean part of the problem too is that like ultimately where the multiverse came from, it, it's a it's a much like pretty much everything else in fantasy. You're probably going to get tired of, hear, of me hearing this of me saying it. it it's it's from Michael Moorcock. It's it's from Elric, and um, I mean I I kind of tried to to ape that. Um, I mean where it's not just you know oh there's infinite universes it's well it's infinite universes in infinite time and space so you know you can go to like you know oh you can go to the the young kingdoms where elric is oh and there's also you know ancient future dinosaur people with psionic powers and they fly around on floating pyramids and fight against you know evil fungus riding cats or, or something, you know, it, it's you all know, it, that that brings oh. up a good point where it's like, um, again, it goes back to execution instead of, uh, you know, another way to mitigate it from a writing perspective, I feel like would be to make rules for your multiverse, you know, like kind of like a Mortal Kombat type thing where it's like maybe you only have instead of it, multiverse just it denotes that there are multiple universes, right? So maybe yeah. instead of having you know, infinite universes have a handful of universes that are all very specific. You have, you have an earth realm, you have outworld, you know what I mean? You have different realms that are different universes in themselves, but like give, give it rules. Don't just be like, throw everything in the kitchen sink at the wall. You know, I mean, see, the thing is, it's, that's really like one of the major aspects of, for instance, the El- the uh, the Eternal Champions cycle, you know, with Elric, is the fact that ultimately traveling between the the realms is actually really difficult to do, unless uh, certain events happened, unless you were an incredibly powerful wizard or you were an incredibly powerful demon or Lord of Law, you aren't going to do it. It's just it doesn't happen. It's not a thing that can happen. But, uh, and honestly, like the, the huge, like, whoa, whoa, it's all, you know, here we, we're all together and we're, you know, in the big Avengers style team up and we're all going to fight, you know, mega starfish Stalin and he's over there and he's a bad guy. It's like that, that's two stories out of the literal dozens that Moorcock wrote. Um, but I mean, so Ultimately, like what Marvel's trying to set up is happen twice, maybe, maybe twice. And they're excellent stories. I, I would argue Sailors on the Seas of Fate is one of my favorite fantasy stories of all time. The problem being is that, you know, that was basically a huge tentpole that was more fan service than anything. It wasn't them trying to. It wasn't Moorcock trying to prove a point. And I mean, it, it kind of just goes back to me being, you know, old man yelling at Zoomers going, 
you guys don't understand what you're, where all these things come from. You don't understand. Why don't you read some dying earth? Why don't you read some Warcock? Dungeons and Dragons is not that original. Warhammer is not that original. You guys have to understand where all this stuff came from. And they go, ha ha ha, Space Marine go, brr. No. Well, that would require Zoomers to read. And I don't honestly believe they do that. Yeah. Or, you know, not to read anything that isn't, hey guys, you know, there's a French Canadian Spider Man, you know, Peter Parker. And, you know, they're steampunk, you know, Sherlock Holmes, Spider-Man. You know, that, that, that kind of ties oh. to the central point. So, so let me get this rant out of my system because I've, I've already ranted at Ditaku about this specific point. I have not Go seen. Ahead. Hmm? Go ahead, Professor. Go ahead. All right. So <laughs> I have not seen the Spider-Verse movies. I read a bit of the comics when the first uh, Spider-Verse story was being told, chiefly because I really wanted to see a comic adaptation of Spider-Man. Um, which is cool. I'm, I'm glad they made a call out to him and Leah Pardon. But uh, here's my beef with this. Oh, well, there's infinite infinity universes and infinity copies of every single character. That is the fastest way to make your character completely garbage. Now, here's why. Not because, well, you, you're, some people are probably already in the comment section already deriding me. No, you're wrong. This, this particular version of Spider-Man is so good and well-written. And you know what? That may be so then maybe 100% spot on, you may be correct. Here's the problem with that. When Stan Lee made Spider-Man, and there was one Spider-Man, the entire conceit of the character was built around the philosophy of, say it with me, class, with great power comes great responsibility. That is actually a fairly complex thing to teach young children. It's something that sounds almost like a meaningless platitude, but when you break it down, it's actually fairly profound, that you have the ability to do great things, therefore it comes with that sort of Damocles of you, you have the responsibility to use it in a good and responsible way. That was Peter Parker's moral character, largely driven by the guilt of failing to act when he had the power to do so. That's what makes Peter Parker a very compelling character to start with. Now, here's what happens when you take trillions and trillions of copies, put the same mask on them, and then say they're all equally valid. Because that's objectively untrue. You have watered down everything the character means. And if you want a very simple example of, of how this worked, watch the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy, because they're still great films. Even number three. I would argue three is still a good film, especially if you watch the deleted scenes, which helps like a lot. I don't know why they cut so much, because it kind of needed those scenes. And then watch the amazingly bad Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. And I have nothing against Andrew Garfield, but holy crap, those movies were terrible. <laughs> and I, they watered down with great power comes great responsibility to, oh, ju just be good. Be, be good, Peter. That, that's your moral takeaway. And actually, that was the thing that irritated me about the Ant-Man films, because they do the same thing, but they do it faster. Because in the first Ant-Man film, it's a redemption story of a man who did something wrong for a good reason, knew he did something wrong for that good reason, and was looking to turn things around. And he got the opportunity to in the least expected way. That's what makes Ant-Man really interesting. In Ant-Man 3, the moral, the, the, the moral moment it's not even set up by the protagonist, set up by Cassie, his teenage daughter. And it's, it's, it's don't be a bad person. That's literally not her exact wording. I can't say the word she used because 
family friendly show here. Uh, don't be bad, okay? Don't be bad. Don't be, don't be, don't yeah, Modok is like having this emotional crisis, and he's like, "Well, what am I to do?" And she just says, "I don't know," and, and tells him, "Don't be bad, okay? Being bad's bad, okay?" <laughs> like Being that bad bad. scene infuriated me because <laughs> like. He's like, I want to be an Avenger. I want to be a good guy. I want to do something right for once in my life after all the bad things that I've done. It's a, a similar setup to Scott's character arc in the first two Ant-Man films, and they botched it. They could not have ruined that landing any harder than Ant-Man 3 did. And that is exactly what I'm talking about, because you have diluted a strong point by stretching it out to the point where it means absolutely nothing. You know, Professor, you you made me realize something What's that? inadvertently. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, in, okay, in the Sam Raimi films, okay, you know they have the they have the the slow buildup in the yeah. first film. They have you know the bit where um, Peter has his accident. You know the, he has the actual bit with with Uncle Ben, right? You know and all that. Um, and then in the uh, reboot. With Andrew Garfield, you know, they they basically speed past that so that then they can, you know, go on to other things. Yep. And then in the Tom Holland, they they basically are even further beyond that. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's Aunt May. You know, Uncle Ben's dead. He's been a Spider-Man for a while now. And it's like, so what's the next one going to be? Is it going to start with Gwen with the Green Goblin being like, Stacy Spider-Man? <laughs> It's just, you know, they're going to get to the part where eventually they're just going to start with one more day. And it's like, oh, Spider-Man, I'm not the Satan and I'm going to steal your marriage. What marriage? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It happened. Just take our word for it. That just goes back to the poor writing and the fact that for years now, because, uh, man, yeah, the one more day arc. I canceled my Spider-Man subscription on that one. I remember you were but living. Spider-Man still... Spider-Man still sucks because they have guys like Zeb Wells on it and he sucks. And it's like, let's turn Peter into a, like, I'm not going to use the word, but let's just say he, he he's, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, and what he does to MJ and everything. If you following modern spot, it's stupid. It's really dumb for some, for years now, Marvel has been like, not be able to get good writers on Spider-Man and to the point that like it, it, it makes Spider-Man fans upset. So, I mean, it, it's not a new thing. It's right. like they go, it's almost like Marvel goes out of their way to upset Spider-Man fans. Or you get guys like uh freaking Jeff Thorne on, on Green Lantern and he has to go on tirades about how, how he hates Hal Jordan. You know, it's like, why, why are you hiring these people, putting them on books for characters that they either hate or like don't want to actually write for or like or they just want to be pundits. They want to push their political ideology through a comic medium. And what frustrates me as a as somebody who's followed comics for a long time is that modern comics and the modern writers just pay little to no respect anymore for like the characters the whole mantle oh, oh like that was the problem with 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 the whole ideology of like oh it's not the character uh the woman that just got canned at marvel she she was like um 
don't think I've heard about this. Yeah, so one of the Marvel higher-ups, um, she was... Hold on one second. Let me let me make sure I know exactly what I'm talking about. Sure. And I'm sure, you know, just as an aside, too, it's not just Spider-Man. Uh, DC is entirely guilty of this, too, with, with Batman. Yes. They, they can't do anything without, oh, it's Batman, and he's the... the he's, the, the the legendary hero and there's the the evil lord Barbatos who's there because you know he knows in the future there's going to be Batman who's going to stop Barbatos from being bad and so he has to destroy Batman forever by okay. setting up the the events that kill his parents but inadvertently make him Batman. Okay, and so like, I got the name. All right, sorry about that. So her name's Victoria Alonso. There's this is. Not new. It's been she, she was recently fired uh, by Marvel, and she was um, she started with Iron Man. She was apparently like a scout. She was like a site scout. Um, managed to work her way up the corporate ladder, and has got to the point that she was the head of visual effects at Marvel. Um, to the point that she developed a reputation for basically like treating the visual effects people at Marvel or, or whatever subs they were working for to do the visual effects really badly. There's a lot of stuff is coming out about her just being a very, just not kind, not easy to work with individual. And she's also the one that was um, very prominent in pushing the idea that the mantle, uh, that the character doesn't matter um the mantle is what matters so it doesn't matter who is wearing the spider-man outfit as long as somebody's wearing the spider-man outfit or it doesn't matter you know like who iron man is it just oh, doesn't, is that where, doesn't matter yeah. that it doesn't matter that tony stark is iron man it just matters that there is an iron man essentially or there's a mantle of the character that exists. So it's so she completely throws the concept of good characterization out just for this mantle that we can then swap with other people. So she used that in her way to push like, oh, well, why can't we swap this character for that character? Well, why can't we, uh, you know, why does, you know, uh, sorry. Why can't we make, uh, why can't we gender swap this character? Cause you know, feminist power and all. So she was pushing a lot of those agendas, uh, in, in, in the MCU is what's been kind of coming out. Um, but whether, you know, Feige as well was up there, how much influence he also had, cause he's also pretty, uh, on, on the, you know, the woker side of things. Um, but, uh, and most along with most of Hollywood, but um yeah it's 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 the problem is it's it's a lot of build up from decades now of bad hiring practices and pushing out good writers and just hiring like-minded leftists samey like political uh pundits they just want to push their ideologies through a comic medium and it's completely, uh, it, there's like, it's a, it's a, uh, my per from my personal opinion, it's, it's a, um, infestation in, in Western comics right now. 
like it's hard to pick up like comic western books, and entertainment really honestly it, yeah it, all western entertainment yeah it's it's all over the place and it, it's 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 this ideology that's just permeated everything that's why everybody's getting so sick of it um, you know it the problem is it's like it when you look at it, if you look at the modern book, I, I, going from being a comic book fan, I guess I guess my point is seeing where the modern stories are now. It, it's so frustrating and so disrespectful to like where the characters were, where the characters came from, what made them popular. Like it, it's it's just they, they just they're they're doing a, an amazing job at just destroying the legacy of these characters. Is all I'm saying. So they're going out of their way to just try and mess everything up so i think i know what the title of today's episode is guys multiverses need to dei <laughs> yeah get no, a little play on words this really the, is the crux of, of like the entire everyone likes to complain about you know bad movies and like my entire rant and a rather good one I, I think i should say about having to see the last jedi for free and still paying too much for the activity like it all kind of hinges on that same like I, I guess you could say skill issue i think that's that's still valid uh like you know, absolutely like that that is one of my biggest complaints i'm like I, I I still like these characters. I grew up with these characters. It's like I I like Spider Man. I like Iron Man. I like the Avengers. It's just like where are the stories? Where are the good entertaining stories? They haven't been around. Like what well, you know you know quite some time now. It's it's really frustrating. That's kind of that's kind of where I'm coming from there, Cog, and the fact that it's you know honestly it's kind of a realization I've had over the past year or so is that. Um, Honestly, you know, our, 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 the creators that were around when we were younger are, are getting old or they're dying. And the people who are coming up through the, the cracks, you know, aren't people who are trying to do a good job anymore. So honestly, you know, it's a case of if we want good stories, good culture, I would say we're going to have to be the ones to make it. People yeah. in our generation like us. And so that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Um, and that's why independent, um, you know, independent comics are actually doing really well versus um, this. Well, yeah, and it goes back to ind independent comics, independent Western comics and manga are, are, are flourishing. The, the Ripperverse that uh, Eric July did, he, he oh, basically yeah. was trying to do uh, a... I want to say GoFundMe, and he he like got killed his, it, yeah, failed goal in like an hour, yeah. So there's definitely yeah. a want for those stories. There's definitely you know people want to see those stories. We are not funded by uh, the Ripperverse or Eric July, although we would love to. Talk no, to we're you. actually we're actually not funded by anyone at this point. <laughs> I mean, so although we true. Love to, yeah, we would love to talk to people. We're, we're also open uh, to uh, being funded, though. Just, just saying. Please pay me, Raincon Shadowscaped VPN. Please pay me money. I think you burned that bridge. I think you burned that bridge, Professor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> I, I kind of did. No regrets. Uh, no jokes aside. Uh, 
we will take sponsorships, but you have to not have a garbage product to be clear. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Professor. So we're here. Here, I'm Mister. You know, uh, I'm Mister Aniplex, and I have a sponsorship for Fate Go. Oh, <laughs> that is a that is a complicated feeling right there. I need the Koichi meme from Diamond is Unbreakable. Ever get a feeling so complicated? <laughs> so I'm getting a complicated feeling on that. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, the, 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 the thing that kills me is like there is this huge push. And, and Cog, Cog put a pretty, pretty good ribbon on it, but I'm going to kind of see, explain it how I'm seeing it. Is that it's a severe lack of two things. First being talent. Um, <laughs> like, here's the thing. I don't, I don't mean innate talent. You don't have to be born a prodigy to write a story. You just have to learn how stories are written and understand concepts like foreshadowing, characterization, character dialogue, and not filling half of your panel with walls and walls and walls of text. And second thing is a severe lack of passion. Like Cog said, they're, they're hiring writers who despise these characters and these people are still getting worked, and every time these characters fail, they just reboot them. Did you guys actually know that they killed the new Miss Marvel recently? Yeah, they did. Uh, in a Spider-Man comic. <laughs> they, they killed yeah. her in a Spider-Man comic because they knew no one would read it if shit was her title comic, because they've had to reboot her at least like four times, to my knowledge, if not more than that, hoping that people would try to pick up the number one for, for each reboot. So they're like, oh, well, yeah, we'll just kill her in our most popular comic series instead. Yeah, another point yeah. as to why Marvel's, the Captain Marvel sequel, is going to be a disaster. It's not going to make any money, and it's going to bomb, because nobody wants to see any of those characters, or at least any of the versions of those characters, uh, well, together. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like, here's a good example. So I remember this really vividly, because it was actually my introduction to the character. Cog and I were playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. And I had literally no idea who Miss Marvel was. But I was like, oh, she looks cool and she has like energy beams and stuff. This is awesome. I'm gonna play as this character for a while. And like she has a this really fun personality, and like there's a couple characters who will bant with her, like Iron Man and Cap have some really funny dialogue with her. And, and she'll respond, you know, vaguely flirtatiously, playfully, and like she she's kind of in on the joke. The, the current Captain Marvel has no sense of humor. <laughs> like These humorless, dull bulb of characters who just have no personality but to spout whatever political ideology the writer is crowbarred in for them. And, and yeah, like, no, that's no why... Woman... Sorry, I'm interrupting. Continue. Yeah, dude. No, I was just saying, it, it goes back to, uh, the, again, yeah, it's, it's that political ideology because no female cannot be... Uh, Mary Sue anymore. She needs help from a man. God forbid. Like no woman will be saved anymore because they could all stand up for themselves. You know, and the, see, the funny thing is too, that the part that really kills me is the fact that like you look at, uh, basically it was about, I want to say 2012 that this happened. Like, yeah, the, the ultimate Alliance, the ultimate Alliance suit. I actually mained Miss Marvel in the first, 
And, uh, and I thought it was pretty funny because um, one of her alternate outfits that, that actually made her more powerful is her 1970s version where she has like a crazy scarf and she'll go marvelous, which was apparently like the thing that they tried to push with her like very first um, her very first outing was that she had the marvelous out- and, and she had this really wild 70s outfit and it had a really cool scarf. I just, I remember that because, you know, um, our, our team was, uh, the silver surfer moon Knight, and miss Marvel. And it was funny because every, everyone else had lasers. And then there was noodle who had moon Knight, and his entire thing was just, I'm going to hit you with my nunchucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was, it was, you'll notice up until about 2012 and she goes from being this very glamorous, very, very, you know, uh, she, she had a lot of crazy things happen to her, but she had, she was very glamorous. She was very attractive up until about 2012. And she goes from being this, you know, the, you know, very, very aesthetically pleasing blonde woman to, you know, I'm Dolph Lundgren, but a a girl. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the thing. There was a, a trailer. I think it was a new fable game. You guys know the one where like they reveal the character's face and it's like, oh my God, you were born in the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. What is wrong with your face? <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly think in that regard, it's, it's not, um, it, it, the professor put up a meme in our, our private discord where, you know, he, he, it mentions that and it's like, oh, game companies in the West, game companies in the East. I don't think it's game companies in the West you know, wanting to do this. I think honestly, it's them going, we have an attractive character. Twitter's going to go crazy and it's going to be, and they're not going to ever like actually buy our game, but it's going to cause a huge stink. Yeah. Honestly, I think that Twitter needs to be ignored. It needs to be ignored the same way that people ignore, for instance, like Facebook or Reddit. I mean, yeah, they're going to, they're going to throw a huge fit but they're not going to buy the game anyway. They're not going to do anything apart from go, this isn't what I want. And it's like, well, I mean, that's your, you know, as the big Lebowski says, you know, that's like your, uh, opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it ties directly into what we were talking about earlier too, because it's like the actress that they modeled the main character on, I think it was horizon zero dawn. I've never played any of those games, so I can't swear to you. That's the right one. Uh, apparently like one of the art guys was like, Oh, well she, she, she looks too like, she looks like she'd cry if something bad happened to her. So, so we're going to like make her uglier. And I remember there was such a thing. Cause like on Tumblr of all places, why was I on Tumblr? Don't ask. I like pain. Okay. <laughs> like, so like this, this huge thing broke out. They're like, Oh my God, it's finally a female protagonist. And I'm like, uh, uh, uh there's Which is, what? Uh, yeah. I, re- I, I remember like, that. How, how, how is it like most action. stuff? How's it like most stuff that's coming out is fe- strong female protagonist now though? Yeah. Uh, it's like, here's the thing. I don't even mind if it has a female protagonist. I just want it to be yeah, an that's, interesting that's character. Not, that's yes, exactly. That's not just uh, going back to what I was saying. Yeah, it's not yeah. even about oh, you can have female protagonists and you can have strong mm-hmm. female protagonists, but it's like they need to be done in a way that like they don't lose their femininity in a certain sense, or like a know, personality, like, or, like, or a personality. Exactly. Yes. Here's a good one: Lee's mm-hmm. slash Rees. 
from Trials of Mana. She is a character with a lot of heart, a lot of personality. She's awesome. She's one of the best characters in the game, hand down. Uh, uh, but you see, but you see, the problem is though, is the entire impetus for for her going on her quest is the fact that she's terrified that something bad's going to happen to her little brother, and she is haunted by the guilt over the fact that she wasn't able to save her dad. And we can't have that because we can't have that that have, yeah, have women with flaws. They're we, not. We, we can't have, have healthy relationships and flaws. Yeah. Or, I mean, with the, the Horizon Zero Dawn thing, the funny thing is, if you actually look at the actress that the, the main character is based off, she's actually very attractive. They, they had to seriously uh, make her ugly. It was very unfortunate, because uh, she's quite pretty. Uh, I will say it. Yeah. Now, I don't think Alloy, or whatever her name is, is actually very pretty. It's like a grug. Grug put on some, you know, makeup and he's like, me, me pretty now. <laughs> like, me, but they're, pretty. yeah, but they're doing it on purpose. Like, here's the thing. Th- th- those times where context changes the, the conversation a little bit. And I was like, in the original Sleeping Beauty, Maleficent was based on the lady who voice acts her. So they're like, oh, like, she's pretty. Like, she doesn't really come off as like intimidating. What do we do? Well, we make her green and like. Real, give her like really ridiculous hair. That's how they made a villain. So it's like they're they're kind of doing that, but for a character you're supposed to like, <laughs> like you guys are going completely the wrong direction. Like I think Log Horizon, funny enough, actually did a really interesting commentary on this in the very first novel, and I think the first episode of the anime too, where Shiro kind of comments, he's like, "Hey." You know, all of these characters look like characters out of uh, out of an anime. They're all kind of conventionally attractive, but it doesn't make sense that a successful game would do anything else. I mean, apart from like meme characters, character creators being what they are, I've seen no. some abominations in Street Fighter Six. I, I would, I yeah, which is funny. They actually make more of a uh, more of a issue of that in the in the novels because once again, much like with Shield Hero. Uh, Shiro has a lot of personal quips that he has in in the back of his head the entire time throughout the book that just do not ever come up in the anime, which is unfortunate because much like Naofumi, Shiro is a very opinionated guy, and it actually adds quite a bit to the experience. That is true. That, so, yeah. <laughs> but like, but that's not the it. I, I think, and this is my opinion, I could be wrong, I think these characters are suffering the same issues as those comic writers we've been talking about. It's a lack of either talent or passion. And I, I think it's a, a little of column A and a little of column B to be perfect. Yeah, I would, I would argue it's, it's a little, uh, as, as you said, exactly. It's those two things. Also, I think honestly, it's, it's Twitter. Twitter is just a pure poison, which is, is killing modern culture. Social media people, is arguably the worst the worst thing that's happened to humankind in people, a long, long people time. Really, people really need to realize that what what Twitter wants is not what is going to sell. And honestly, what is you know what they hate isn't going to be immediately dropped by I mean the entire uh the entire debacle with uh modern uh beer I think is proving that what Twitter wants, it's kind of one of those things of it's like, I, I don't fear your, you know, booing because I know what you cheer for type of situations. And I'm just going to leave it at that. But honestly, Twitter, 
people need to, to realize ultimately that it's like just because it's popular there, that does not mean anything it probably does not translate to real life because there yeah. are those of us who actually work for a living and don't spend all day slaving over social media of all garbage fires to jump into like <laughs> I, I get i i say that as someone who has a robust social media portfolio but that's because i'm like hey guys i'm i'm, I'm the snack and i do videos and i play video good <laughs> so yeah. like I have a reason to have it. And I, I like routinely block people. If anything like remotely political interest in my feed, cause guess what? I don't want to see it. Don't care. Block, 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 block. And if I block yeah. you, you posted something political and I don't care if I agreed with it or not, you post something political on my feed. So I'm blocking you into discussion. Uh, so if yeah. anyone is ever curious how I do that, that's how I do that. There, there's a reason why my, my feed is nothing but gotcha games and cat pictures. <laughs> Exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, I'm like, I am not going to bother trying to argue with someone on Twitter because even if you, even if you win, you still technically lose. Cause it's like, wow, you just spent, you know, six hours arguing with someone on Twitter. I mean, what did you win? <laughs> you, you, you didn't win. You didn't even win a participation award. You, you basically wasted your time Yep. Just so that they can walk away and get angry and you're angry. And it's like, there's no benefit or positive, you know, situation that's coming from that. Exactly. Yes. Uh, gotcha games and cats perfectly balanced as all things should be. Man, sometimes they they intersect and I get gotcha cat. <laughs> if there was a game and I'm throwing this out there, anyone wants this idea can steal it free of charge. Uh, Make a gotcha game about cats. I don't mean like weird waifus. I mean cats, like actual cats. That's the I animal. I think there is. If you've played the the Battle Cats tower defense game, <laughs> I have not. But exactly. that sounds amazing. I have it's, to investigate uh, this. It's pretty demented. You, I think you would really enjoy it. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a high note. So. uh let, let, let's get to our sign off here. I'm going to open the floor for our final comments and injections, personal insults and pettiness. So we'll just go down the list in order with uh, Mr. Clockwork. I mean, you guys pretty much hit the, the head on everything. I didn't have much to really inter interject with because it was, I mean, pretty much my same ideas that it can be done correctly. It can be done very, very poorly. Unfortunately, in this day and age, it's just been done to death and very poorly at that just because of the decisions people decide to use <clears throat> and what they think will work as current content and it's just not working out when it comes to comics. Right. Certain things sense. here and there, certain things here and there have been working out. And I have uh I have what's got and uh the indie the indie comic scene is something that I have been told that I should be checking out more because it is actually really, it is actually a, a pretty cool. And I, and I have to admit anything that's not corporate at this point is probably going to be really good because you don't have eight la 1800 layers of red tape. You have to cut through to get your idea across somehow. So, right. <laughs> okay. No, that, that, that's, that checks out. I'm with you. So uh, Mr. Cog, it is your turn. Yes, uh, I'd say in terms of multiverses, it it goes towards execution and skill, um, and and how it's how it's set up. Um, not every multiverse has to be a million of the same character, and it, like 
give it rules, give it, maybe you have a few or, you know, it's thick. It's supposed to be fiction. It's supposed to be whatever you want. Right. Right. So the problem I see with the modern multiverse boom with like the Marvels and things like that is one is it's money. They want to be able to just, if they can just sell a bunch of different variations of a toy or a character, they're going to try to do that. Um, It's also appeasing then this movement of social activism, like it's really frustrating because these companies don't actually care, right? Yeah. <laughs> they care about the bottom line at the end of the day. The only reason that they, this stuff gets pushed out there is because of their DE, their, their DEI initiatives or like diversity, equity, inclusion, um, which is, you know, a, People from all backgrounds are now starting to speak out against so like, look, this is this is it's having the opposite effect. Nobody likes it. It's making people less tolerant, not more tolerant. And uh, you just yeah, it, it's a big mess. And what I see issues with the current Marvel and DC has been building up for decades now. Like 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 Dotaku said, it's like the creators that helped us fall in love with these characters and built these characters from from the ground up from the beginning uh the the, the current generation of writers is 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 not them you know they're 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 not uh so obviously i can't expect the same thing or even apparently something even remotely competent you are but, asking uh, too much I, I know i know what you're just saying like could i at least like not hate <laughs> this like could it at least be like semi-competent and not just be constantly pouring the same uh ideology down my throat every other book like, is this is that okay because you, it's you, like you know not means. guys guys not everybody's drinking your same kool-aid you, you know what this means then cog cog saga the complete edition <laughs> it's time to let the hate flow <laughs> oh no <laughs> I want to add a little thing to, to Cog's point is that uh, specifically for video games, because I'm mostly on the more video game side. And unfortunately, I don't do uh, deal as much as in the comics and everything. But uh, there is a video game. I'm looking up the name real quick to make sure I got. Yeah, Hi-Fi Rush. It is $30. And it came out next to, I think it was Forspoken, which is a $60 game. Um uh, and Hi-Fi uh, and that game being a very uh, Hi-Fi Rush being a very very fun game, very different, uh, very different, maybe not hyper different, but you know a different uh, game, very stylized uh, and generally all around. What, what is this sitting at right now? Overwhelmingly positive on Steam right now with over fourteen thousand reviews. I was to- uh, from multiple uh, sources I've seen. Uh, they said that it sold gangbusters compared to Forspoken, which they had to put an apology out that the game wasn't as to their point as they wanted to make it. it. So it's just like, I the the whole, as they said, the whole make uh, wanting to make the bottom dollar is fine. I, I can understand that. You got to make money so that way you can keep creating and paying people, uh, paying people money to keep creating. But if you're not making good content and you're wondering why you're not making money, there's something wrong with that mindset. There doesn't that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, the, the, these DEI initiatives are basically just a checkbox that the companies can just say, "Oh yeah, we, we got that. We got it. Moving on. What's next?" Hmm. I mean, basically. So, 
I open the floor now to Yon Ditaku Man. Oh, you fools. It is not Ditaku. It is actually the evil alternate version from the 69420 universe, Ukatid, along with my best friends, Gok and Kens, and also Regnara. <laughs> we're all here, and we're all evil, and we're all going to take over this podcast. <laughs> oh no, what are we going to do? You can't defeat me because I I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh no, he drank the Kool-Aid. He, and he has a villainous goatee. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm going to stop now. I, oh. can't, I can't do anything else. <laughs> awesome. That was the best arc ever, you guys. <laughs> I'm glad we survived. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of that. Uh, it's so gra- glad that nothing of consequence actually came of that. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. We almost had to update status quo. Hey, guys. Yeah. Back Who's that Ukate guy? God forbid, we, we almost had to pull... We didn't even have to retcon anything. That's, that's, that's great. <laughs> I know, that's the best part. That's the best kind of storytelling, guys. <laughs> Clockwork, get down! Oh, uh, Clockwork, dead. Uh, and that's my retcon powers, I'm back alive. I'm <laughs> seriously and subtly through the smoke. <laughs> yeah, the Tomer Bros, Civil War. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. This is how to go. One way, and it's really dumb. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Pineapple on pizza versus not. Oh, no. <laughs> Just a round table, the great debate. Oh, no. This is gonna be the- versus Captain Snack. <laughs> the- pineapple needs to be regulated. No, pineapple needs to be free. <laughs> Pineapple should be free. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, wait. I, I can escalate this into a much dumber direction. He, 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 he wants to regulate dancing, and I have to tell him how I can dance if I want to. I can leave my friends behind because the friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, then they're no friends of mine. <laughs> we're not paying for it. <laughs> no, we're definitely not. See, that's why I pause so the auto detection can't catch it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, you know what? My my sign off thoughts, and, and and I want everyone at home to take this to heart. There is an easy way to stop bad creations. Stop hate watching them. For the love of God, just stop hate watching. Stop hate reading. Stop. Like it's not even worth it to leave a review. the The, the opposite of love is not hatred. It's indifference. <laughs> like, stop caring. Don't watch. I don't know, Velma, don't watch bad Star Wars movies. Watch the good ones. Support the stuff that you like, and you will get the stuff you like. If you do not support the stuff that you hate, they'll have no incentive to continue making it. If you do not like the the state that Spider-Man and Batman and all these other iconic characters are in, and you don't like these stupid multiverse doomsday stories, just don't buy them. Don't even bother. Cancel the subscription, buy the single issues that you want from the authors you want, and the rest will take care of itself. That's a good point. We vote 
We vote with our wallets at the end of the, the problem, day. Right. The slight problem with it, and I do believe this was with Velma as well. Uh, and not to not to devil's at the point or anything. It was just it's a funny that you bring it up. Is I remember hearing a lot about as Velma was being released, a lot of cartoons and animations were starting to leave that browsing service that it was on. I don't remember the browsing. I don't remember if it was Warner Brothers or uh, who it was um, who had the streaming service on it. And I remember at one point as as uh, Vel- people were watching Velma, I guess, it became the number one uh, cartoon on the streaming service. And everyone was like, it's like the one of five cartoons or animations on the service now. Uh, the 800 you guys like butchered. Like what? Like, of course it's going to be from hate watching. Like, the, you guys got rid of everything else. What do you expect? Well, I mean, that, that therein lies the rub. If if your streaming service is feeding you crap, cut the cord. Stop exactly. paying it. Like, I, I don't know if you guys know this or not. And officially speaking, I'm not advocating for anything. But if you do a search, like say, oh, I want to watch this series i want to watch you know cog saga the definitive edition and <laughs> stream it for free online there's a thing called web browsers that have these things called search engines and you can use your words from your keyboard or phone and type in cog saga the definitive edition streaming and free and hit enter and you might find something that's very useful to you yeah everyone knows that cog saga the 1987 yeah, version was way better. Yeah, but that one didn't have all the you know gratuitous violence when the succubus shows up and starts just like chopping dudes' heads off left and right. I think they kind of missed out on that opportunity. Oh, uh, see, that's that would explain all the string instruments in that one. Yeah, <laughs> gratuitous <laughs> violin. I'm just saying that main character Mikey dies in the original version, so it doesn't make sense when the sequel series Cog Saga G Spoilers. starts. Well, no, that's not a spoiler. You're just spoiling a 30 year old comic. It's like, that's why it makes no sense in Cog Saga G when he just oh we're having a funeral for this character who didn't die in the 87 series. Like that's what just completely destroys the chronology. It's terrible. Ah, yeah, that cog. <laughs> You're just saying that because Snake Fire for the Bro Storm f- uh, failed at its third season. <laughs> Oof. Oof. I, I, I don't know what level of irony we're on. We're at least on <laughs> this is, <laughs> We've definitely gone too far. So, so we're going to call it for the day, ladies and gentlemen, and all you crazy people who enjoy watching us every week. This has been the Tomodachi Bros, and including Cog. Clockwork, Itaku, and the Hipster Snack. If you liked, hit a like. And if you dislike, dislike it, because that's fair. Though, show your friends, share it with your cat, and subscribe. Be be good. Yeah, I have a dog on my oh, foot. You can also check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the all the we're on all the major podcatcher stuff. Again, yeah, catching the pods uh, on the Hipster Snack <laughs> YouTube channel. <laughs> And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Laters. Thank you for listening to the Tomodachi Brothers Review Podcast. Produced and recorded by The Hipster Snack, Ditaku, and Cog. 
Sound design and editing by executive producer Sean Taylor Brown with Cog Sound Engineering. Music written and performed by Sean Taylor Brown with Costas Vaz of Core Inside Studio on the drums. We hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.